choice So many whispers in my ear that I can't hear my voice Tell me will it in the situation that I'm in Or am I bound to sit alone drowning in my sins Get right or get left, what will it be? Time is running out, the blood is flowing down the streets People need to know we're living in a war zone Hit the streets with the truth, tell them that it's all What's up everybody, welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast I'm your host Resident Daryl And this week, I'm all alone flying solo, but I got a very special episode for you. First things first, before we get into all of the business of the Loot Bros podcast, this is normally a podcast about video games and a little bit of comic relief from a group of friends uh, and some family members, where we get together each week, talk about video games, take community questions, ramble off about random fun stuff. Uh, so if you are interested in what we do, if this is your first time listening, please subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. We're running a review uh, challenge, like a little giveaway. For every 10 reviews that we receive on the podcast, we will read them out on the show and then do a random game drawing. Uh, we are getting uh, closer and closer to our goal of 10 reviews. Uh, so I kind of wanted to start the show off with a toast and celebrate uh, our latest uh, Loot Bros podcast review. Ah. So our latest review uh, is from Emzy, uh, and it says, um, this is the funniest bunch of butt vaginas and anime-loving enthusiasts I've ever heard. Every episode is filled with laughter and a friendly environment. Makes it feel like a very welcoming group to spend time with and share your passions of gaming with each other. I look forward to each episode to come, and I wish the best for all the hosts and co-hosts in their lives. Thank you for all you do. Well, thank you so much, Emzy. We greatly appreciate it. There you are, our seventh review in this little giveaway. Uh, so you will be entered in, and upon 10 iTunes reviews, I will randomly draw a name put together a nice little package with some video games, most likely some stickers and some merch. Um, being that we've been running this contest for this giveaway for as long as we have and have not given away any games, uh, more than likely going to give away multiple games just because I get so excited. So like I said, this is the Loot Bros Podcast. Leave us reviews just like that, just like MZ did. Uh, check out our other podcast, 2236, the Survival Horror Podcast, which I do have uh, more games coming in the 2236 lineup. Um, the Loot Bros Comic Cast, where every week to two weeks I uh, drop some episodes on uh, current comic books that are running, uh, special uh, issues. I'll bring in some uh, special guests, other podcast hosts, some close friends of mine, and we just get down and we review comics. We talk about them, and then we have some big uh, in-depth spoilery discussions. It's a lot of fun over there on the Comic Cast. Uh, also, and probably most importantly, uh, if you will check out our band, uh, Ninja Loot, the whole purpose of the podcast um, kind of spawned off of uh, you know us traveling and playing music, and we've been several years without really putting out anything on like an indefinite hiatus until this past year. We've been writing an album, and uh, right about the time this episode will release, uh, you should start seeing an, an, a new single popping up. Um, on all of the major streaming platforms, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, um, uh, Amazon, almost at Stitcher and Google Play, like I'm pimping a podcast, uh, but Spotify, all those things, 
We are super, super excited about it. So if you could follow us on those platforms, even if you don't care for metal and some of the, the music we put out, uh, there is a, a roadmap. So we'll be putting out more metal songs, things that are you know, obviously more catered to what we've been doing over the past several years. But we've also got some acoustic and rock stuff lined up. Uh, and we're going to be releasing a new Christmas song. So last year's Christmas song, our version of What Child Did Very Well, uh, for our first song released in, at that time, six, almost seven years. We've received thousands of plays across all the streaming platforms, uh, and it's been really good. And it was a good launching off point for where we're at right now with Ninja Loot. So if you could please um, follow us on Facebook. Uh, I believe we have an Instagram. It's Ninja Loot with uh, two zeros instead of two O's because someone's sitting on our name. Um, if you could follow us on you know, the, the, the platforms on YouTube, I'll be putting up uh, you know, videos of each song. And I'm going to be releasing all of our old EPs on YouTube very, very soon. So yeah, that's all the housekeeping. That's uh, that's all the all the business. Like I said, this is Loot Bros podcast. I'm Resident Daryl. This is the uh, another unfortunately another solo episode. Uh, things have been kind of busy. We've got some anniversaries uh, in play. We've got some uh, special events going on, uh, family baby showers, things like that. This weekend was a little tough to kind of schedule everyone together. So right before I head to band practice, I decided I would jump in here. Go over the, the you know all the rigmarole. I'll do the show, read out the leaderboards and and the backlog beatdown and all those things. You know, check, obviously uh, read this uh, very kind review that we've gotten. Uh, answer a couple community questions and then for this week's official topic, I'm going to do something very special. But I'm going to let that be a surprise until the very end of the show. So, like I said. Loot Bros Podcast. Check out our stuff. Check out Ninja Loot. Uh, I know Frosty has a podcast that he's super excited about uh, called the Midnight Monster Corner. Uh, he, right now, it's currently just on YouTube, and uh, he's super excited to talk about horror movies and things like that. So, holler at your boy. Check out his stuff. Give him some love. All right. So, what I've been playing. So, normally, we go through the show, we make a bunch of dumb jokes, and we uh, we all bounce off each other for a little bit. But the only real game I want to talk about that I'm playing currently is uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope. Little Hope is the next installment in the Dark Pictures Anthologies. Now, if you are not familiar with the Dark Pictures Anthologies, I'm going to back things up a little bit. Way back on the PS3, um, a developer called Supermassive Games started a, a game called Until Dawn, and it is in the same vein of your Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Become Human, a very you know, realistic looking, uh, very graphically beautiful um, adventure narrative game where you are more so watching a movie play out and you are interacting at certain times, uh, making decisions, but it, they really emphasize on the butterfly effect. And this was realized when Until Dawn came out on PS4. The game had been in development hell for years. And when it came out, we're like, ah, there's no way this is going to be good. And oh, Doctor, it was, if not is, one of the best PS4 games. Definitely one of the best PS4 exclusives. Until Dawn captured campy horror in such a beautiful way and really showed that the butterfly effect can be implemented in games whereas your telltale-esque games seem to like have like a point a point b and no matter what decisions you make you're going to kind of get where you get um 
Until Dawn really showed that you could you could take full advantage of this choices and this roadmap, and it and it, it changed the game. Until Dawn is a fantastic game. I highly recommend you play it. So the follow up to Until Dawn, there were like there's like a couple of VR games and some random things that Supermassive did, uh, but they did a PlayLink game when PlayLink became like a real big thing for for Sony, where it's like oh let's incorporate everyone's cell phones. Um, they have a game called Hidden Agenda, which is more like a police murder mystery style game. Beautiful game, great story, awesome, awesome experience. On the shorter end, two to four hours, uh, multiple playthroughs. But you can get a group of people together, and they can kind of vote on the decisions that you make with their phones. And again, amazing experience. I I, I really like it. My wife really likes it. My wife's not a big gamer. So if she can sit down with me and play a game like this, I gotta believe that it's pretty good. So that being said, um, so they put out Until Dawn, uh, Hidden Agenda, then they did a couple VR titles, which I'm not really gonna get into those because less people have played those. Um, I own them both, but I've never actually played The Impatient. It's still in the wrapper, so I can't really comment on that one. Um, but I do have the Unreal Shooter uh, Until Dawn spinoff they did, The Rush of Blood, and it's pretty rad. So, uh, they, they launched this Dark Pictures anthology, and the first game in the anthology is called Man of Medan, and it kind of focuses more on like a ghost ship. Uh, again, same style game. Instead of it being the two to four hour range, this one's a little bit longer, not quite an until dawn. Uh, but again, the branching paths and the butterfly system, you know, is, is still really prevalent, a really big deal. So, Man of Medan was a really, really good game. Super fun. I really enjoyed it, but they really expanded on this idea of playing together. Now, I've never played with another person online or, you know, aside, I've played in a room with people. Like my wife will sit down and make decisions with me. But from what I've seen online and what I understand is that it's very, very intuitive and very fun. Uh, and it really does change the dynamic of the game. So, with this Dark Pictures anthology, the, the idea is they're going to launch eight games every six months to a year and they're going to kind of focus on different types of horror and this game little hope is no exception it is awesome so so man of madame was more of like a ghost ship mystery kind of thing with like a little flair a little hint of supernatural stuff a bit of a slasher feel to it this game little hope is the silent hill game we've all been wanting but are never going to get uh, this game kind of takes place more of the uh, Salem witch trials. Uh, th th there's a little town called Little Hope. Um, they had their own set of, of witch trials about the time the Salem witch trials were launching. And you're kind of playing through the story. And you're learning about characters who obviously seem to be like descendants of the present day characters. In this crazy town with some wild Silent Hill vibes. I'm talking like... The fog sets in and tra changes the the environment. You're having these weird kind of flashback slash premonition things that are telling a story that was kind of going on in the past, and it's making it's kind of changing how the things are going for you in the current. It is really really good. It has some awesome jump scares, amazing sound design, graphics are really good. I would imagine playing this with a partner is even better, but I've been playing it by myself. Uh, my wife's kind of sat beside me for a few hours and made decisions with me, and I highly, highly recommend it. These games are coming in at the $30 mark. They are 
excellent experiences, interactive movies. If you want to, if you really want to boil it down. Uh, but this game is really, really good. And like I said, it's the Silent Hill game that we've always wanted, but we've never gotten is because you're spending, at least in the beginning of the game, you spend a lot of time like in the dark, walking down the road, exploring. And then this fog will set in and, and, and it gives that real Silent Hill vibe. It's a, it's a little town. It's deserted. The things that are happening don't really make sense. You know, a lot of like mind trip stuff, you know, the characters that you do interact with are super, super vague and weird. And it's really, really good. Again, if you if, if you like Until Dawn, you got to play this. If you like Man of Dan, you got to play this. If you like Silent Hill, you got to play this. Like this game is is hitting all the horror vibes. Production value is really good. The price point is amazing, uh, and it, it's it's I like it. I like it a lot. I, I re, I've got nothing but positive things to say. I'm a few hours into it now. Um, I don't want to get into any kind of spoiler territory. Uh, I do know that there are going to be some deep dives coming up with this game, and uh, myself and some other podcast hosts are going to talk about this. Uh, might even get a 2236 release. Um, super, super cool. Super cool game. So I, I definitely recommend that. Um, by all means, check this game out. It's, it's super good. So that's the main thing I've been playing. Um, I believe I mentioned on last week's episode that I've been playing some Resident Evil Revelations. Uh, I did finish that game on PS4. Uh, the game's great. I'm going to do a deep dive on it. Uh, again, maybe some 2236. So definitely stay tuned. I'll talk more about that game in the future. So that is what I've been playing. We've knocked out the housekeeping. Uh, I do want to pimp out the uh, Loot Bros Comic Cast one more time. Uh, myself and a podcast host named Justin, uh, we got together and we not we covered the Doomed and Damned, which was the Halloween special, a bunch of mini stories, um, you know, with unlikely team ups uh, from you know in the comic book world. Great issue, great episode, great guest, super awesome. Uh, check it out. So. Loot Bros leaderboards. You guys know the drill by now. If you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, we've got custom leaderboards. All you got to do is log into those websites, link them with your account, and it'll track all your trophies and achievements. Uh, starting with the True Trophies leaderboard, Affectatious Donk coming in first place with 214 trophies. Week after week, Affectatious Donk is straight up killing it. Second place, you got Mr. TMNT84 with 80 trophies. And the last trophy he got as of this recording uh, is in the Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope. Hmm, very good. In third place, you got Gaz Davis11 with 59 trophies. Uh, Gaz is constantly coming up in the top three. Mad props, brother. Mad props. It's been nice to see all this. Uh, so. And then I'll go ahead and read out number four, uh, MZ Nitro with 23 trophies, knocking out some Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition. Uh, Again, thank you, MZ, for the kind review. So, heading on over to the Xbox leaderboard, the True Achievements leaderboard. Again, all you have to do is go to said website, trueachievements.com, truetrophies.com, create yourself a little account, link up your profile and then it'll track everything every seven days it 
resets, we record each week and read it all out. So, in first place, the Alpha Seagull with 5,015 points, knocking out some Master Chief Collection. Good job. Second place, we got Gwen's Candle with 4,125 achievement points. He's playing uh, Supermarket uh, Shriek. I did not like that game. I tried it. I, I tried to like it. It's 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 interesting. And then third place, Cool Kid Joe. He's getting back in the game with 2,260 achievement points. Very good. Very good. I'll go Since I read the top four in the last one, I'll read the top four in this one. Uh, GDI Master Ace with 945 achievement points. Very good. Very good. So you guys are doing great. Keep it up. Keep knocking out games. Uh, join our Backlog Beatdown. We are in the home stretch. We are in the last several weeks of the month of the year, excuse me, 2020. It is uh, November. So finish up those games, uh, claim them for the extra points, you know, for the backlog beatdown. Uh, again, if this is your first episode, thanks for joining us. The backlog beatdown is a community wide event we've been hosting all year long from January 1st to December 31st. And all you got to do is play your games. If it's a game you own, you play it, you beat it, you get a point. All you got to do is screenshot that you beat the game, whether it be the credits or your achievement your trophy showing that you did it. Put it in our Facebook group or Backlog Beatdown group with the hashtag Backlog Beatdown. We'll add you to our spreadsheet. Um, if you buy a game, you got to fess up. You got to kind of confess to the group and you just tell us what you bought and you lose a point. And then if you 100% a game, platinum it, you know, finish all of the additional content, not the DLC, but the trophies, the actual main list of things, then you get an additional point for going that extra mile. So uh, just going to touch on the Backlog Beatdown leaderboard, John Tancredi, who is also Dat1 Seagull uh, and the Alpha Seagull, he has broken 100 points. He's at 102 points. Joseph Priestley, which is Mr. TMNT84, has 68 points. Uh, Gaz Davis has 29 points, and I am coming in at 27 points, tied with James McCall. Dropping on down to the very end, we've got Corey with negative 5, CJ with negative 48, Levi with negative 76, and Kali with negative 101. So we got a race to the top and a race to the bottom. And there's a whole lot in between. So you guys keep knocking out those points. Stop buying those games. It is definitely getting to the point of the year where it's a lot harder to buy games. Lots and lots of games are getting ready to come on sale. I don't think we're doing Black Friday here in the States as much as we're doing Black November. So I believe sales are going to be popping up everywhere. So, um, yep, that's us. That's the Backlog Beatdown. That is the true trophies true achievements um so what we're going to do is we're going to head on into community questions and we're moving right along so this week tommy gunn writes in and he asks if we have any predictions on naughty dog's next game and will tricky the host of the proving gamer network the owner of the proving gamer network the host of trivia horse will he get a signed collector's copy from neil Druckmann himself i would have to say i think that the next game coming from them is going to be something brand new uh, I don't know that they would. They specialize in narrative-driven, you know, what I'm saying beautiful, um, heavy experiences. So you got your Uncharted, you got your Last of Us, things like that. Uh, me personally, if I was them, I would tackle something a little lighthearted. 
You know, like, I don't know that you want to go back to the Uncharted franchise or if you want to start something different, something new. But you've been, they've been doing heavy narratives for a while. Even Uncharted 4 was heavy for an Uncharted. So I, if it was me, I'd be like, all right, let's take let's take a breather, let's take a break, let's 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 grab, let's create something brand new, you know, and let's do something a little more lighthearted, a little fun. I don't know. I mean, their bread and butter are these style games, so who knows? But they might pull a, um, what's that group that did Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh man, Gorilla. They might pull a Gorilla and do something brand new. You know, how cool would it be to see Naughty Dog tackle like a uh, KOTOR style game, like a you know, Knights of the Old Republic, something, you know, or a Mass Effect style game, something that's a little more dialogue heavy and a little less actiony. I don't know. I would love to see a smaller studio in the Sony world, you know, kind of carry on with Uncharted, whether it be side stories with the main characters or spoilers the character that's revealed at the very end of Uncharted 4. I think that would be cool. Uh, will Tricky get a, a signed collector's copy? I mean, he'll probably tell us he did. Who knows if he really does or not? Because, you know, Tricky is a lot like an onion, you know? Like, first off, he stinks. So, onions stink. So, second off, it's like as you peel back the layers, you start getting more and more information. Like, was it actually a signed copy from Neil Druckmann? Well, it's a signed copy from a guy named Neil, but not Neil Drugman. Well, it's not really a signed copy as much as it is a copy with some marker on it. I mean, did I get it from them? No, I mean, I ordered it, but I ordered a special one. I mean, before you know it, he's like, I, don't, I actually don't even own the game. So I don't know. You can't really trust Tricky Mick. So uh, do I think he'll get it? Mm, probably not. Next question, we got CJ. says, there are 10 weeks left in 2020 as the time of submitting this question. Now's the time to dookie or get off the pot. What are you playing slash finishing this year? The clock is ticking. Well, CJ, I'm glad you asked. Uh, so here's kind of my roadmap of gaming. Now, Jared, I know you're listening. You're going to write in and you're going to make fun of me because I bounce all over the place. And uh, Gaz, I know you're calling me out you know, for maybe not sticking to the plan. But there is a plan and it's, it's, a, it's a wide and vast plan. And I am sticking to it. So here's, here's what I'm doing. All right. So I have saved Death Stranding Final Fantasy VII for the PS5. All right. At the time of this recording, I have less than a week before the PS5 comes out. So why not take full advantage of playing these masterpiece games on the new hardware? They'll be backwards compatible. I played them both for roughly six to eight hours each, and I like both games, but I bounced off of them, and I will come back to them. I, I guarantee it. So my goal is to play those on the PS5 and try to finish them at least Death Stranding by the end of 2020. All right? So, obviously, I'm going to play Miles Morales on on the PS5. I mean, that's like I mean, that's going to be the first game I get. I'm going to buy the version with the uh, deluxe the deluxe edition that comes with the remastered of Spider Man, so I can replay Spider Man and get those trophies again. Now, I will, you know, double check, make sure that it gets its own trophy list before I do that, because if it's not going to get its own trophy list, then I might just buy the PS4 version of their base game and wait for the PS5 version to come down some. So we'll see. But that's a game I'll play with my kids. We might knock that one out the weekend it comes out. I mean, everyone in this house is excited. 
even my wife who doesn't play video games is excited for us because we're all amped hyped and ready to rock and roll with some new hardware so um so definitely going to play some miles morales i'm going to play some call of duty uh cold war i play every call of duty in half for the past several years um i'm going to knock out death stranding and um final fantasy 7 and i'm also uh obviously i'm playing little hope now i'll finish that one hopefully by the next time we record uh, but I'm going through, back through the Resident Evil franchise. Now, I'm not going in any particular order, but upon the announcement of Resident Evil 8, I went back and I finished Resident Evil 4. I'm chipping away at Resident Evil 5 on the Switch. I just started and completed Resident Evil Revelations on PS4. So I'm going to bounce back through the franchise of Resident Evil games, and I'm thinking about playing Resident Evil 7 again on the PS5, especially since it's added to the uh, PS collection. Granted, I own 50 versions of the game. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to enjoy Resident Evil 7 on the new hardware. Yeah, It's almost like a new experience. So that's kind of like my plan. That's kind of where I'm at. Now, you know, when it comes to the Vita stuff, I've, I've taken a back seat on playing my Vita. I was playing a little bit of Final Fantasy X for a little bit, but then I, uh, I installed all my Resident Evil games on the Switch. So now whenever I do have a little bit of time for a handheld, I've been playing the Switch. I've been kind of chipping away at some Resident Evil. So that's it's where I'm at, kind of in a nutshell. It is subject to change. You know, games will be coming out. Games will be, you know, getting in the way. But as for right now, Little Hope is going to be the probably my next completion, and then Miles Morales, and then uh, who knows? I don't know. I might go for the Platinums on some of these. My time has been so limited this year due to the extra hours at work, craziness with soccer season, uh, all the other, you know, uh, we started our band back. Actually, a live band is actually, we're playing again now. So, like, you know, once or twice a week, I've got band practice. Uh, even when I don't have band practice, I've been editing music and putting out uh, singles for Ninja Loot, my, you know, the actual studio, the metal band. Um, so the, the live stuff we've been doing is more of acoustic rock. So I'm still Ninja Loot members, but we just kind of switched instruments and we're doing something a little bit different just so we can get back out in the swing of things. Um, so I, I, my gaming time has taken a bit of a nosedive. Plus, I've got 50 podcasts that I do as well. So um I don't even know where all this time comes from. I don't even know. I don't even know how I'm doing this. I don't even know if uh, if I'm even recording right now. It's crazy. So that is all of the questions for this week. So what I'm going to do for this week's official topic is I'm going to plug in the audio from the most recently recorded uh, Loot Bros comic cast. Now. If you're not interested in the comic book stuff, that's totally cool. I understand this is where you'll bounce out. I apologize for the short episode this week, and uh, we will be back on track this next week, and uh, I might even do a little something extra and special for you listeners in the meantime. Uh, But if you have never checked out any of the comic book stuff that I've done, here's what's going on. So The Three Jokers is a very special uh, series. Now, I posted the original episode in the Loot Bros podcast feed so that you know, if you were interested, you could check it out. It's a very, very great self-contained story. Three issues. We're getting ready to record the third episode for the third issue coming up here this coming week. Um, and it's a very grounded, 
very cool Batman story. So I'm joined by a good friend of mine, uh, Josh Adams, who has done graphic design work for Loot Bros. He's done graphic design work for um, Ninja Loot, my band. Uh, and he is joining me on the Loot Bros. Comic Cast. So this is the second issue, second episode of The Three Jokers. Uh, I would encourage you, if you... You know what I'm saying? Got nothing better to do, or if you like Batman stuff, you're interested in it at all, uh, stay, listen, check it out, and let me know what you think. So, like I said, this is the Loot Bros Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. And like we will be back to our normal um, setup next week. So, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Comic Cast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and with me I've got Josh. Uh, this week we're gonna talk uh, issue number two. Of Batman Three Jokers. Um, so Josh, why don't you uh, just kind of start us off and, and tell us what you think about the book overall and we'll just kind of see where we go. Yeah, I mean, like it's you've read it already, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's, and I've read it a couple of times. It's it's really good. Like I was, you're always worried about the second issue, <laughs> like that it's not going to hold up, yep. but it, it is really good. Uh, I have I have one gripe and, and I'll point it out when I get to it that bothered me a little bit about it um and again i'll i'll kind of expand on that later on and i will say this uh not as much happens in this one like in the first issue so much happens yeah in this one it slows down some and it's more character focused which is is fine but it's a three issue series so you know like there's a part of me that's wondering like why slow down? Yeah, why slow down <laughs> yeah. so much when you've only got one more issue? There's a lot that has to happen. Yep. So, you know, I guess when we see how they wrap it up, like if they stick the landing, then retroactively, this one will be better for me. Uh, if the ending feels rushed, I'm going to blame this one. I'm going to resent yeah. <laughs> book two. Uh, but I did really like it. I mean, the artwork, again, is phenomenal. Yes. And one of the things that I really like about this one and and there was some of this in the first issue but this one really it's got a horror aesthetic to it there's there's several scenes and and i'll probably talk about it a lot there's several scenes that feel like they came out of like seven or or like there's, there's or even like there's even some stuff that feels like a rob zombie movie in it like it there's definitely a horror aesthetic to this issue that I like a lot. It's so freaking funny you mentioned Rob Zombie because, like, I read the second issue and then started listening to Rob Zombie's, like, the album with Dragula on it. And yeah, I haven't yeah. listened to Rob Zombie in probably like 13 years. I don't know. I don't, I didn't put it together, you know, in my head, but I read the book and then I went to my office and I was like listening to Rob Zombie. And when we had this, uh, this little, um, I don't even remember. I think he said he's Korean. Fell out. Works. He comes in my <laughs> office and makes fun of me a lot, like for uh, uh, various things, like in the Punisher. You know, what I'm saying liking cops and stuff. He's like, you're like their poster child for white nationalism, but it's a joke. He's <laughs> yeah, like, you yeah, know, just yeah. my interests kind of line up with certain things. And he's like, he really makes a lot of funny like race jokes. He's he could <laughs> totally be a comedian, you know, just from this. So like. He comes in my office and I'm listening to Rob Zombie. He just walks in, he shakes his head. He's like, "Look at you!" He's like, "With your thin blue line and your bald head and your Punisher logos." He's just like listening to Rob Zombie. He's like, "I just, I just feel the hate coming off you." But he's obviously he's just joking. But he said, like, "What drawer you got your hood in?" Yeah. 
<laughs> right. But it's so funny because like he, just, it, I was, I was listening. It was like the same day I read it. I had, it's like I got Dragula stuck in my head for whatever reason. That's hilarious that, that you mentioned it. So uh, I'll agree with you, man. As far as uh, the artwork goes, it is stellar. Again, I, I'm. I didn't realize that the uh, nine-panel layout was kind of very uh, reminiscent of Killing Joke, yeah, uh, and and even uh, Doomsday Clock. Even though I like I knew that, I didn't kind of put it together that oh wait a second, there's something to these big stories that are going to be long-lasting, that they're trying to get as much in the panels as possible. Um, so as far as the layout again goes, even. And I, I'm worried. I'll, I agree with you. This book wasn't as uh, it didn't it was, progress the story forward. Right. It really, really did get kind of stuck almost. Because in the first book, it was like it obviously opened up with Batman, and it was like here's all the things that have happened to Batman, and like here's three different occasions where the Joker hurt him. All right. Well, here's uh, Barbara Gordon going through reliving her trauma and how she's overcome it, and she's like burning out treadmills. She's running so hard, and then here's Jason Todd, and he's kind of reliving his trauma, and he's got the scar on his head, and it's like it really did kind of set it up to where almost sections of the book would be dealing with different Jokers, and this book really stayed on one. Yeah, yeah, and it so, did. Which, granted, one of them's gone. Yes. So we're we're down to two jokers theoretically. But, but even still it was kind of like it felt um it felt like this is going to this would this story, this particular issue felt like this was going to be part of something that was going to be seven books long. Exactly. Not three books exactly. long. Exactly. Which that's not to say that they can't I mean, issue three might kick our behinds. Right. Like it, it could be the. Yeah. It could <laughs> be a hundred pages be. for all we know. Like I hope it will be incredible, yeah. and I, I, I'm confident that it's going to be good. Uh, and I say that and watch it be terrible. But, like, <laughs> I feel good about it, but it it didn't make me not like this issue. It just made me worried because I know there's only one issue left. Same here. If I would not have known that, like if if I would have if I would just if. Random guy walking to the shop, like, oh, three jokers, number one. Oh, three jokers, number two. I would, and you didn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't have thought about it, but because in my mind it was like, okay, you're doing a whole lot with this one character, and you know, there's not a lot of time left. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then um, I guess just kind of before we dig into it, there's even a, a point where they use a line. They're like, "What are we gonna do now?" Same thing we always do. Yeah, try to make a, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing we do every night. Uh, Pinky, try to take over the world. He's like, try to make a better Joker. And I'm like, so wait a minute. First issue comes out hot and heavy, sets the stage, and we're ready to run. You kill a Joker. I'm expecting to kill another Joker. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought we would work our way down, right? But we haven't, which and, is, and instead now we're making another Joker. So, are we gonna have that third one by the third issue? Or are we? Yeah, yeah, I did, and and I I messaged you after the fact, and I thought, you know what, it, it dawns on me now. I think that they're trying to, that you know, they're gonna make Jason Todd the third Joker, and of course, in this issue. That's that is the plan, or at least at least it seems that way. It seems that way, but it also seems like that was the plan, and now the plan is changing. Which I was happy that it didn't play out exactly like I thought it would. 
True. I mean, like, if we would have been able to telegraph the whole thing, it definitely wouldn't have been near as cool. And that's the power of these stories and storytellers is like, I'm going to set the stage. You're going to think we're going to go left. We're going to go to the right. Um, and then I'm going to go, wait a second, I don't like this. And then at the end, again, if they stick the landing, then we'll be good. And it's not a bad book. No, you know? not at all. It's, it's it's still a very good a very good issue. So, it just, like you said, if it was a six, seven issue series, I oof. wouldn't even give it a second thought. Could you imagine six or seven issues oh, like I this? I can imagine. Like, I just, that just <laughs> sounds... It'd be fantastic. That sounds it right. It would make 2020 a lot better. And he's just into 2021 <laughs> just, with, uh, just with the dignity. Three Jokers alone is going to be the saving grace of 2020. But, you know, I guess digging into the book, you know, starting off... <laughs> what an intro. Incredible. What an intro. Incredible. I was like, whoa, that's like really weird. Um, you want to start us off kind of like... Yeah, so, you know, the first few pages we see the Joker, which, I mean, and it it tells you this one is Joker number two, the comedian, uh, which I guess we would associate with Killing Joke. Yes. Uh, because we see him come home to a very creepy uh, suburban life, almost a parody of suburban life. He's got the wife putting dinner on the table. Uh, he's got the son that's... You know, like the family that he, you know, that he always wanted, but they're also terrified oh, of him. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, very, you have this very tense uh, moment at the table where, you know, they're having to all eat with the Joker and pretend like they're happy that he's there. Uh, it almost has, and, and this is where, you know, I'll go ahead and get on my, uh, my horror train. It feels so off. Like, it's just so subtly off, and it has, like, they created some serious tension and suspense. It, it, it feels like, did you ever watch, um, what's it called, Inglorious Bastards? Yes. All right, the, the, the dinner table at the beginning of that one, where they're sitting down with uh, with the, the Nazi guy at the table, and he's they fix him a glass of, of milk. Yes. And, and yes. like, he's asking them about whether they're hiding Jews and stuff. There's all that tension in that scene. Yeah. There's so much of that in, like, you're waiting for this scene that. Oh, you're, yeah, you're waiting on him to to just kill these k- kill the kid, family. kill his wife. Yeah, and it it takes such a such a turn. Yeah, it turns out that all of this is in his head, and he's just imagining, and he's sitting at a table with a mannequin and a stuffed animal. Yep. And you know the other Joker, the the criminal, the original Joker, you know he's like, man, what the heck are you doing, man? Like. <laughs> What's going on here? Like when you're out crazy, the Joker. When even the Joker's like, um, <laughs> who are you talking to? <laughs> There's nobody there. What's funny is he, he's he's sitting there, and again, going back to the dinner table, uh, he's talking to his son, and he says, "Why the long face?" And it's, it's nothing, Dad. And the kid looks just terrified. Mm-hmm. And uh, his mom steps up and says, "Octopus isn't his favorite. That's all. Uh, he's been a very good boy, huh, honey?" And then he, he says, "Have you? That's terrific, son." Here, let me turn that frown upside down. What do you call octopus triplets that look exactly alike? Identical. <laughs> and then he's sitting there having a laugh with himself, so proud of his joke. And that's when the criminal Joker walks up, and he's like, "Who are you talking to? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you he's doing? Like, having dinner? Exactly what's going on here?" <laughs> Which you know, it is. It's funny. It also manages to make you almost feel sorry <laughs> for yeah, this Joker. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's He's obviously still reliving some, definitely a, a Jokerized version of, you know, his perfect suburban right, life. Right. And, and if you remember in Killing Joke, 
you know, he did have a wife. He did have, you know, he. Yep. There was a a happy home life that is forever denied him, and he has to live that out as a fantasy in his head. But so there, there's a little bit of a sadness, but there's also something freaky about him sitting down with a mannequin and a stuffed bear with its arm ripped off and pretending it's yeah. his son. <laughs> I love when he tells the criminal not to touch the mannequin. He says, "Don't touch her." He says, "There is no her," <laughs> and then he throws the mannequin into the ground. Because one of the Jokers was killed. And I'm just like, the tension between themselves is also something... We haven't got a lot of time with them interacting. Like, yeah. we kind of jump into this original... The first issue of the story. Like, this is long going on. And everyone talks as if we should have known that there was three Jokers. That this has been something they've been doing for a long time. Right. So... And then it, I guess it flips over, and you see the clown Joker, who Jason Todd shot in the head, and just panels and panels and panels of him uh, die, being you know dead, bleeding out everywhere, uh, flies on him. And and it's so this it it feels like cinematography. Yes. You know you see this shot of like his face reflected in the eyes of the of the fly and all the little uh, hexagons and stuff, and yep. you've got this close up kind of slowly zooming out with the brains hanging out of it and that's what made me think about like a rob zombie movie because i mean it's just it's just it's it's just nasty <laughs> i've got rob zombie stuck in my head now <laughs> it's just nasty it's you know flies and and you know gore and that's something we don't typically see but you know it's also one of the things that makes batman such a good and probably one of my favorite comics is batman has always had a horror aesthetic he fits in a you know his his villains are way more sadistic than any i mean you don't have green lantern and dealing with anybody that's cutting his own face off correct like you don't have characters like the 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 doll maker making dolls out of human people that superman has to deal with like right right there's always been that that sort of gothic horror edge to batman and this 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 series is taking full advantage of that and i love it it is and you know just kind of flipping through the panels you know just speaking of that horror field those jokerized rottweilers just what a cool image you know and you've got batman kind of walking up on the area and it just again yellow you know that that 1989 batman looking suit yeah it's it's great it's uh it's it's very good but even like you know Looking at the uh, at the window, you, it's like you've got blood coming down the window and rain coming down the window. It's just this itch issue really did focus on blood and and just that it gave a very I don't, not so much a slasher feel to it, but like there's a a mystery and there's a a very horror sense, you know, a very horror feel going on. It kind of reminds me of some of the old like Hammer horror films like like the horror of dracula like the old christopher lee type horror movies just the gothic horror style uh and even that shot of them you know gordon down there looking up at the window kind of has an exorcist vibe yeah like it's just and i i looked up more stuff by fabric because i really liked his artwork Uh and he did this past year i guess he did a a swamp thing winter special like one one shot Okay. that I went and read and it's the best Swamp Thing story I've read since like back when Alan Moore was. really and and the artwork was just it was classic Swamp Thing and the, it was creepy and dark and like he's just he nails that 
aesthetic perfectly. I mean, like nobody could have done a better job illustrating this series yeah, than, than absolutely. He's perfect choice. I'll have to check that out because, like, I've read some pretty crappy Swamp Thing stories lately. Oh yeah, he, it's been it's <laughs> been a some, while since he's been good. So <laughs> there's some there's some bad ones because uh, I was reading some Justice League Dark and I was like, oh man, I really like Swamp Thing in Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. So I started pulling, you know, like going through the DC universe and just pulling like what's well, like a one or two or three issue special I could look at. And I read one. It was like him kind of walking through the woods with like a little girl and. It's like as the seasons change, he died, and it went into like the snow season, and it was just like it was also I don't know. I was like, what 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 happened? It was <laughs> I read the thing. Like, I mean, and at his best, Swamp Thing was fantastic, but there's been a lot of authors that don't know what to do with him. Yeah, that's definitely a tricky one. So, but you know, kind of as we progress through, you know, we've got uh, a dead judge. Mm-hmm. Who come to find out he was uh, forced into retirement because he was a dirty judge. Uh, so you got yeah, essentially another one of my favorite parts about Batman is the detective stories. You know, like the ground level. Oh, there's a dead body. We got to figure it out. Uh, and kind of like just want to take a sidebar to this. That's my favorite Batman. Oh yeah. Like I, like I don't out. mind him being in the death metal and the metal and the. Justice League and you know, him doing all the crazy cosmic, you know, stuff. But that is where you start to lose me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, I like the fact that even outside of our planet, they still make Batman best to everybody. But Batman is his best when there's a dead body and he's got to figure out. Yeah, that's my. That's one of the things that they really nailed about the Arkham game series. Mm-hmm. Is you find that crime scene and then he uses his detectives skills to figure it yep. out and you have to put together the pieces yeah i like that too and i'm hoping that we'll see some of that in the the new movie too which yeah. by the way i'm so pissed <laughs> i was it got so delayed mad. again God. Got delayed again delayed for like two years yes yep. they delayed dune for a year delayed their, i'm like come on i don't have anything left to live for <laughs> <laughs> if, they if they keep delaying everything i mean we're gonna have to start reading more comics because yeah, we have yeah. we have Comics and games is the only thing, you know, <laughs> tried and true right now. That's the only thing we have. Uh, that is going. Oh, I just hit my mic. Party foul. That is going to be a good movie. Oh yeah. If I they stay ground level, year two detective Batman, we're going to be money. Oh yeah. I was. Absolutely. I was a little apprehensive about Pattinson at first, just because he comes from Twilight and stuff, and I haven't I haven't seen some of his latter movies that people say is really good. But I thought to myself, I was like, wait a second, I. Fell in love with the guy from Jiggly as Batman, <laughs> yeah, and Mister Mom, yeah, as yeah. Batman. We can do a sparkly vampire as Batman. I yeah, think we're absolutely. good because actually, it seems to be every single person who has been Batman has also been in some rom com where it's like you wouldn't, I wouldn't put those two together, but it's worked. Yeah, yeah, I um, think it's, I think it's going to be a good fit. Um. I'm just mad I gotta wait so long to see it. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get some good stories in the meantime. Cause, I mean, I, I was telling my wife the other day, I, was like, I just miss going to movies. Yeah, you know? like yeah. Well, and I know that um, a lot of the theaters are closing back up too yep, because yep. so many of the movies have been delayed. So, well, I know that the uh, little dollar fifty movies right here, the spotlights what we have on Sanders Road, they're playing uh, Hocus Pocus, nice uh, Empire Strikes Back. 
uh, and a couple like other classic movies. Yeah, we got one in Florence, the Julia in Florence has been doing drive through, like drive in yeah. movie yeah. style. And Heck yeah. I think you're going to see a lot more of that popping up, but it's going to be those older movies, you know, which which I'm fine. With. I'm fine with <laughs> because that's like my favorite stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, but getting back to you know three jokers, so we have here's our detective story. We're going. We, we got a dead body, uh, and then Barbara Gordon busts into the room and says she needs to talk to Batman privately. Uh, and uh, she, you know Gordon's like Jim Gordon's like, did the Joker escape? Uh, she's like, no. And then you know she's like, uh, Batman says, where's Red Hood? And Jim says, you're after him too. And uh, Batman says, the Red Hood's not a criminal, Jim. And then Barbara says, yes, he is. And that right there, I was like. Oh, here we go. Yeah, cause <laughs> I like the look that Batman gives her too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yep. It's, it's well, I'm, I'm gonna get into this later, so I'm gonna let it go for right now. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna come back to that look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I actually love the look she gives him, and oh, again, yeah, she's, she's ticked. <laughs> this book has really stirred something up in me about Batgirl. Like, you know, you've got Killing Joke, Batgirl, and then you've got. Uh, uh, Black Mirror Batgirl mm-hmm. Oracle Batgirl mm-hmm. and then this you know I feel like there's a through line there where her entire arc her change and actually we'll get into it later what Batman says to her you see it in those three stories this one kind of being the end and like if I were DC I would take this book and then I would launch her to the moon yeah. and say we have the strongest you know female hero in my opinion, that you could put forward right now. And I would say give her, I mean, give her the best writer, put her through the ringer mm-hmm. as far as in her personal book, you know. And, again, right now they've done some stuff with her brother. And I think that, like, that should – honestly, I think her brother should be her joker. That no matter how many, you know what I'm saying, villains she goes up against, she needs to constantly be revisiting that one mm-hmm. uh, because that's just – I don't know. I felt there's something special there with yeah. It's, with, it's, with, it's a really good connection and it's a good story device that's not going to wear out as welcome too quickly. Oh, absolutely. And then with with him being a serial killer, there's almost an endless possibility of oh, well, he's been gone for all these years. Well, this year here's this string of murders, and this year here was this string of murders, and now here we are like. Oh, we have to investigate this because, you know, I mean, you could just go forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, on, yeah. on that. So, but her and Batman have an exchange, and I really dig the fact that, like, she's on her little bat bike, he's in the Batmobile, and they're just kind of going back and forth about Jason Todd and where he is mentally. And Batman's kind of almost defending him, even though he killed the Joker. Right, because she's she, her, her standpoint is why are you not as mad about this as I am? Right. Like, why are you defending him why aren't you why aren't you mad about That's this right. this is this is a really bad sign and this is completely against everything and, you stand for and he seems to be really taking it lightly and and you know he gives her that look when she first brings it up she's when he you know he says you know he's not a criminal she says yes he is and you know he looks at her and it's almost like he's mad that she said it but he's also mad that she said it in front of Jim mhm uh there is a and we see it throughout the whole issue. He's defending Jason because Jason's his biggest failure. Yep. And you know, Jason is a son in a way. 
that he really let down. Yep. Which I mean, granted, he, he's not winning any Father of the Year awards for any of his <laughs> <laughs> any of his bad children. But, That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, he got Jason. He got Jason killed. You know, essentially. Yep. And you know, and then he didn't handle things well at all, which is what this this issue is going to dwell on a lot. Even when Jason came back. He didn't know how to connect with a son. He never has known how to connect with a son. He doesn't connect well with Damien. He definitely didn't connect well with with Dick because he, when Dick got old enough to to stand up for himself, that's when they end up spending years not talking to each yep. other. Like he just, if there's a weak spot in Batman, that's where it is. It's it's in in his complete inability to be the father that he should be to any of these kids that end up around him but he keeps bringing them in and then failing them mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's a that's a powerful thing and I, and you know again as as long as they stick the landing I'll be okay with the fact that they sort of ruminate on that yep but I mean you can definitely see like he's in his mind he's already excused it and honestly he's probably wanted to do it himself a thousand times so yep. you know there's probably a part of him that like is is glad that Jason did what he couldn't do. I would, I would definitely say that the only reason that Batgirl is even halfway competent <laughs> and as strong as she is is because of Jim. Yeah, you know, it's like if it hadn't been left up to Batman, you know, what I'm saying uh, raising her the way he's raised the other boys is. I don't know, Tim Drake. I guess Tim Drake is kind of. He's been. And, uh, largely, I guess, okay. Yeah, it's because he left and went to college. <laughs> <laughs> he moved out. He's the one person. He moved that, out of the cave and went to college, and like he's the one person that goes to college and actually doesn't fall apart. He's yeah, like hang out, hang out with his crippled dad, and yeah. you know, do his own thing. <laughs> so, I guess after that big exchange between those two, and he, you know, Batman talks about how he hoped Jason would be more like Barbara and you know bounce back from his trauma and be better. Yeah, just get over it and just deal with yeah, it. Yeah, just like <laughs> just <laughs> she was paralyzed and came back better than ever. What's your problem? And he's like, mind never matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. There you go. So then we go from that to you know Jason doing what he does best, smashing faces and knocking teeth out. Which I don't understand this too. And this is kind of like a this is a huge flaw with the Red Hood. Even though I like his character, it's like he shoots people. Oh yeah, on regular. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, but this is the one we're worried about. Like. Now he's a criminal. Like, wait a minute, isn't well, even they even use that line in here? How you know he actually before he killed the uh, the last Joker, he said, "Wait, here you are, you know, running around shooting criminals and making Batman's life miserable. You are my Robin." Yeah, and I'm like, wait a second. You even acknowledge, excuse me, in the book that he's killing people, <laughs> making Batman miserable. And yet he kills one Joker, and now Barbara's like, "Oh, he's a criminal." <laughs> oh, all, yeah! All of a sudden, it's bad. He kills yeah. the worst yeah. person on earth, and it's a bad thing. It's like up to this point, has he been shooting rubber bullets this whole time, and we didn't know? Like, <laughs> like I think it's cool to have a you know a, a vigilante with guns that puts down criminals. I'm a Punisher fan. I'm down for this, but. Well, to in not, the context of the Bat family, that right. seems like an odd thing to, uh, yeah, to, it's like, oh, to just kind of sweep under the rug. You know, and it's one of those things to where if he carries guns and never actually successfully connects with anybody, then wouldn't you rethink your tactics? It's like, we have multiple books, Red Hood and Outlaws, all that stuff. He's been shooting people for a long time. 
But it's like, wait, are we going to acknowledge that he's shooting people? Because there's no way you just shot people and they all lived. Yeah. There's yeah. no way that you've been murdering all these people and Batman didn't know. I feel like at some point in time, you got to come to a crossroads and decide. Well, see, and that's where I still feel like, you know, like I said, there's a weak spot with Jason that if if Nightwing killed somebody, Batman would be all over him. Mm-hmm. You know, if Tim Drake killed somebody, Batman would be all over him. Somehow with Jason, oh, he's the troubled kid, you know, he's <laughs> trying to figure himself out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, don't mind he's him. He's working through some things. Yeah. Uh, so it's process. So as he's, you know, what I'm saying beating people to death, you know, trying to figure <laughs> out where the jokers are at. You got uh Batman and Batgirl uh heading to Blackgate. Uh and they're they've been led to Joe Chill. Now, when they were looking at that dead judge, they found some fingerprints. Fingerprints to Joe Chill, the man who um took credit for killing the Wayne's family. What's really interesting about this book is so they're taking Joe Chill, and, and multiple books have done this, but they're, they're saying, okay, Joe Chill killed Batman's parents. And the movie continuity and some of the other, you know what I'm saying, books, they've said the Joker killed his parents. In this, they're doing kind of a little bit of having their cake and eating it too. Yeah, a little bit. They're kind of like insinuating that the Joker killed the parents and then Joe Chill took the fall. Um. Or at least that was kind of my read on it, you know. Yeah, it's, and, we, and we'll kind of look at it a little bit more closely. But you definitely have the the, the idea that in Batman's mind, Joe Chill did this, right? Um, and so you kind of obviously, you know, in typical Batman fashion, we're going to relive his origin story. Again. We're going to relive his parents being killed. Uh, I, you know, it's almost like I think that the uh, in comic books and movies and games and stuff, like when when a uh, when you revisit something so many times, people get really sick of it. I think with Batman's story, they're trying to traumatize the reader and the viewer and the uh, you know, person who's... It's like, if we just show you this enough, you're going to be as broken as Batman. Because in every story, in every movie, every time we see... Even in the games, man. Like, I just played through Arkham Knight. I started Arkham Origins over because I hadn't... That's the one game I hadn't... It's like we've seen, even in there... They mention his parents so many times. Like, for Batman to be as tough and as smart and as strong as he is, we are constantly reminded of his parents' death. Yeah, yeah, it gets old. <laughs> it's it like it's old. It's past the point of old. Now I'm like feeling brainwashed. I'm feeling like, like one of these days I'm going to think, wait a minute, are those my parents? Like I've <laughs> I've seen it so many times. I've I've, I've taken the story in as my own. <laughs> But so you know he gets the fingerprints. He goes to Blackgate. He kicks open Joe Chill's uh, cell, and there's nothing, nobody. So they end up going to the hospital wing of Blackgate, and then Joe Chill has been hospitalized. He's got oxygen on, and apparently he's been there for weeks. So the and only he's got the Rona. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He's got a uh, he got COVID. He got COVID in the in the cell from not wearing his mask. And so it seems like the only way that those prints could have been put there is if they were planted there, which Batman's like, oh, well, someone wanted to, to make me come here. Uh, and then you flip over to this. is this. There's a couple panels over here that I think are so freaking cool. So you flip over to Jason Todd, and he gets to the uh, Gotham City uh, Athletic Center, and they've got like a, it's got like a sign that says the pool's there, but the place has been condemned. 
So he gets up to the front door and he pulls the crowbar out of the back of his hoodie and break. I just thought that right there, man, was so cool. Especially because we know what that crowbar right, is. Right. That, now, and then I was thinking, wait a second, you're, you're working your gimmick all wrong. You put the hood on and you shoot guns. You should have crowbar. The crowbar should be his go-to weapon. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I, I, Hulk Hogan said in an interview once, um, he said that he he said he, he he was the only person in the world that didn't work his own gimmick. He said I got 23 <laughs> inch pythons and I do a leg drop. He's like, what kind of sense does that make? So, all right, so Red Hood, he's got his crowbar, missing his gimmick. Um, did they come? They interrupted us yeah. when I made that. that yeah, yeah. And I think you you got the you you. you said that about hogan i think it's cool I mean, you're probably going to point this out the way that the chain falls and makes a smiley face on the ground oh yeah yeah that's so cool yes. i was like that's that was a, that's somebody who loves their job yeah you know like that's <laughs> they didn't somebody have to do that no absolutely yeah, not. he didn't have to do that but, but that was awesome but he did that on purpose and he that's, did that for us yes he, he did, did that for us Darryl. exactly it's <laughs> yeah, it's little little things like that where i'm just like that is somebody who, like, oh, they weren't going. Oh man, I gotta rush this book out. I gotta get out the door. That's somebody who sat back and was like, "I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan, and I <laughs> love the heck out of this." Yes, book. <laughs> and it's like when, when, when to do something like that. It's just like, here you go, guys. So that's just, I love, I love coming across little stuff like that. So you know, Red Hood, he, he's in there. He finds this giant pool of dead, naked dudes, and this whole scene, man plays out like it feels like last of us or something like it looks so creepy and abandoned and then you know that that reveal of the pool is that's 100 percent horror that is 100 percent. and you know last of us is a good call because it does feel like there's some Uh build-up yeah it's like okay here we get into this place what are we going to find and then it's like how do i navigate this because there's all these dudes are just like laying in the pool and most of them look like they're dead. I will say this: like they, a lot of these dudes got abs. <laughs> uh, lot, they, they do. A lot of these dudes are uh, they. They killed some very physically fit. Yeah, yeah. Joker, Joker don't waste his time yeah. with the fatties. <laughs> so we're safe. <laughs> yeah, say like, ain't gonna find me in that pool. So yeah. So and I love how Red Hood pulls out his little cotton swabs, you know, and then tests the water and sees that it's some sort of what well, looks like acid. Um, but he says they're chemicals, and I guess all these guys are marinating in there, and they, uh, I guess he's trying to turn them all into jokers, or maybe they're the rejects. You know, they didn't yeah, really. They all they all have the jokerized face and green hair and all yep. of that stuff. Uh, and one of them pops out and grabs the Red Hood's leg. Man, could you imagine that in a movie? Yes. That would be oh, a jump man. out of yours. That I would mean, be so good. I mean, it's just, and there were some jump scares in the first issue too, like. I just uh, the the horror elements are so strong. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. And then they basically look like Joker zombies. Yep. And so as one jumps out and tries to get him, uh, he gets scooped up by both of the Jokers. I love how one covered his mouth, and then one grabbed him up, and it took both of them to snatch him. Um, and then you know we we kind of flip over. They've got him tied up to a chair. Um. You know, and then they have a big exchange with him, essentially about you know him being reborn, you know, to make him you know the the Robin or whatever. Uh, and then they they really do kind of berate him, 
And they, they make it out like you were going to be the next Joker, but you're not smart enough. <laughs> yeah. And I can't tell if that's like a... Uh, if we go back to the line where they said, what are we going to do? Same thing we always do, try to make a better Joker. And then they spend all of this time just berating and insulting. And maybe they know that that what the Red Hood needs isn't to be like forced into it or you know maybe they almost need to make him feel like he's not good enough to mm. be the Joker. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly what they're going for. I do I love one thing about this series that I do love is that they're giving us these little glimpses of things that we don't know about Joker. And there's this cool moment where he's laughing and just has this tears coming out of his eyes while he's laughing and and you know Jason asks him what you know what's wrong with him and he says I'll let you in on a little secret about the Joker it hurts when I laugh. Yes. It's like yes. this idea that every time we've seen the Joker cackling, he's also been in pain. In pain, like, yes. Like it, it, it drags that insanity to another level. It's pretty. That was a neat little. Oh, absolutely. It, it, to detail. me, it was like, well, if it hurts, why would you do it? But for him, it's almost. I got. It's I'm funny. Like a, yeah, it's like. It's, it's funny that it that it hurts. Yes, <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. And I really love how they decorated and they put the Joker smile on the Red Hood's mask. It reminds me, like. Honestly, if he rocked that, that would from be now awesome. on, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. But did you ever play any of the Army of Two games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in those games, the, you could unlock more and more masks, and there were some with the Joker or like a Something smile like on that, there. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as they put that on there, I was like, oh, dude, that is so freaking It's a great cool. design idea. <laughs> That's so cool. So, But again, you know, they put his mask on, and then they grabbed the crowbar, and they just... Yeah, they start to beat the crap out of him, you know, and 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 they've got him tied up naked to a chair, so they got him as vulnerable as they can make him. Mm-hmm. And then they put the mask on after they've berated him for wearing the mask. They paint the Joker smile on it, tell him he's not smart enough to be one of them, and then they attack him again and just beat him with a crowbar until and i love that just that one red panel mm-hmm. he's laying on the ground he's things cracked open you can see his face through it there's blood coming out the bottom of his mask the joker's just laughing he says you know this really is more fun than the first time and uh and, and red hood says you better make sure i stay dead this time uh, and then joker comes back with it and says oh why would i do that i'm still rooting for you kiddo uh, why I hope you rise back up and prove us wrong as the Joker, and then the next blow is just boom, all red. And see that I can hear Mark Hamill. Oh, every time I read <laughs> I the Joker, I can hear Mark Hamill saying, yes. "I'm still rooting for you." Yes, kiddo. absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's just it's e- perfect, quintessential Joker. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You know, we've gotten some really good animated adaptations of some of the more popular stories. <laughs> Please give me this. one. Oh my gosh! Please yes. give me this. Yes. One. Uh, Kevin Conroy as Batman and then Mark Hamill as the Joker for this story. Oh, that's just Prince money. So speaking of, again, another little sidebar. I know if having you here is like, I'm a little more excited about everything. I'm remembering <laughs> like, oh yeah, here's something else I want to talk about. You know, normally nowadays uh, when comic books come out and they sell, you know, Batman's at the top of the list, about 90,000 issues, you know, uh, on his main book. And I was listening to a podcast the other day. They were breaking down the sales figures. This mm-hmm. book, you know, back in the 90s, you would have books that sold 100, 200, 300,000 yeah. copies, yeah. you know. And that was like 
but the nineties was a whole different ball game. You know, you, well, had, you the, had your hologram the, trading cards. Absolutely, you had your your image <laughs> stuff. You had your X Men stuff. Like like comics were hot in the nineties. Oh 90s. yeah, oh yeah. This book, the first issue, pre ordered over three hundred thousand copies. Yeah, it's selling. like This crazy. thing is selling like crazy. Multiple reprints. Now what's interesting? Second prints. You know, I picked mine up at Coastal Comics there in uh at Myrtle Beach where I got my first issue. And he said that issue two, it sold well, but it has not sold like the first issue did. So I'll be curious to see. I think people are kind of like us, kind of holding their breath yeah, to yeah. see, like, where does this go? Yep. But, yeah, that first one sold like yep. hotcakes, yep. man. Yeah, it's crazy. So Again, I, I can't imagine it won't still sell great. Oh, yeah, it'll sell. And then... You know, to me, it just seems like a shoe in. You know, oh yeah, it seems. Give like us it, an animated, you know, version of this, but please. So here we go. <clears throat> Batgirl kicks in the doors at the athletic center. Her and Batman have showed up. They're looking for the Red Hood, and then all you see are all these ha ha ha's everywhere, all this laughing, and then here comes all those Jokerized men that were in the pool. Hey, there is a there is a fat there. one in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's two of them actually. So we got representation. Like, yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you got all these jokerized you know, guys coming after them. And then as they're laughing, they look like they're terrified and in pain. And one of them jumps on Batman and and, and, and says, help. you know. And then, of course, he gets sweet chin music. <laughs> yeah, Batman's <laughs> like, I'll help you, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, that uh, Batgirl just kind of giving him that, that, that Shawn Michaels sweet chin music to the face. <laughs> Batman headbutts the dude. I mean, just like the, you know, it's it's pretty incredible. The the art, the the these guys as they're, it's scary, man. It's terrifying. It's it's very zombie. Very zombie. Yes. Yeah. It's very re- Resident Evil. Uh, just getting swarmed. If this happened in a game, oh, it'd yeah. be like, oh crap, oh, oh, yeah, crap, oh, crap. crap. <laughs> Dude's getting their teeth knocked out. Like I. I, I would <laughs> I love like they to haven't s- been through enough. I know. It's like they've just got. I mean, I don't even know. Again, we haven't been told everything yet, so it's like, are these the failed Jokers? That that's my my guess. But even still, is a failed Joker still a evil Joker? I mean, like one of them is attacking him, but yet also asking for help. They look like they're hurting, but yet they're laughing. You know, and I'm very curious to see like. Are they are, are they, they evil or are yeah. they just do they need help? Are they out of their minds? I mean, like you it's know. hard to say. Some of them do look like in the, this panel right here. After the dude gets headbutt, this one right here, he looks pretty. You know, what I'm saying pretty evil. He yeah, looks like he's got, coming in to to fight. Yeah, they definitely have. Uh, they seem pretty vicious. I mean, and they're even actively like ripping his belt off yep. and everything. So, very interesting. Uh, and then uh, I love the 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 placement of the rocks and stuff as the Batmobile comes yeah. through the wall. Got to hide those wings. <laughs> Got to hide the genitals. We 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 found out from uh, from, yeah, Batman, from Batman Dam, Dam that you can't show the, you can't show the bat wing. Yep. Which is funny because bat wing, but not the bat wing. That's right. But this is funny because that'd be the equivalent of a Joker weenie. <laughs> so I guess they're like you know we should probably just cover that up just to be safe. Um, but then you know the Batmobile comes flying through. Uh, knocks all of the Jokers. I'm assuming they're dead. <laughs> they they I mean, should be. There's rebar through that guy's chest. <laughs> yeah, they should know? be dead. So, uh, hey, but at least they didn't get shot. There you go, because that would make them criminals. That's right. So, 
Oh man! Technically, they did this to themselves because they accidentally hit the button, the call button yeah. on the belt. So I guess that's technically suicide. Then it wouldn't be. Uh... <laughs> yeah. But again, it is, the book is just so so good. I mean, like the art is amazing. I just can't get over, you know. And uh, the the callbacks to the classic looking Batman, the classic looking Batmobile. Yeah. Even though great. the front was a little different and a little more modern, that side angle is straight up eighty nine Batman. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh. And then, of course, they think they think that this is Jason. That's you know the one with the rebar through him. Right. They're, they're initially, that's who they think this is. So, and he says, "No, not Jason." And then starts laughing, and then he dies. So, and they're still looking for they're still looking for him, and they find him. You know, with the mask on, just all bloodied up. Um, you know, they, it's also interesting. I didn't notice it until just now. Like when I first read it, 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 it this detail. I didn't pay attention to you, but the pool's been drained. Yes. So, you know, you feel you definitely the other two left this as a trap. Yep. Absolutely. You know, they just drained the pool and left left them wandering. Which I'm assuming that's why that they used the Joe Chill fingerprints to get him off track for just a little bit. Let's lead Jason over here to us. That's why they left a goon there mm-hmm. that would squeal on him. And then they had time to torture him, mm-hmm. drain the 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 pool let the zombie jokers loose they bounce out and then if and when you survive through those guys you'll find jason beaten and broken mm-hmm. and then of course they find him you know they pull the uh, mask off he's screaming don't touch me he asks if he's all right and he throws the mask just with blood just every- <laughs> I'm like, okay am i all right yeah. what do you think yes <laughs> of course i'm not all right and then he blames Batman and says, you did this to me. You put me on this path. You know? And he's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And then uh, it's just, just. It's fair. Bruised all over. I mean, just it's. They definitely did a really good job of just showing. Uh, the man who has already been through literally everything. Now he's you know, broken again. And, uh, you know, they fast forward, kind of go to uh, Barbara's apartment. You know, Jason's sleeping. He's resting. Her and Batman have a a bit of an exchange. Man, look at the look, look at the Keaton suit. Oh, absolutely, man. They they did a really good job of of using that suit. I think that was a good choice for this book. Absolutely. And I'm a I'm a huge fan of Batfleck suit. You know that Dark Knight Returns, that big. You know, uh, but this one works. I feel I just and again, you know, you know uh, the contrast with Barbara Gordon's outfit. You know, and that that yellow. I just think it looks good. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, um, you know, but Jason wakes up. Then this part right here, I really, really like, and I and I, like, I think it does a really good job of again pulling Barbara's story full circle. Right. So Jason's all beaten. He's all he he's you know bruised. He gets up, and he sees um, Barbara's got calendars and uh, chronic pain management books, and fit, you know on her calendar it shows like uh, physical training stuff and and therapy and all the stuff that she's doing. You know, and and essentially kind of calling back to where Batman said, you went through your trauma and you bounced back. And I was hoping Jason could be like that. And then now Jason being in her house and just seeing that, like, you know, all these essentially reminders of, like, how did you, you know, how did you make it through here? Why do you keep this stuff? Um, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to find the panel where they have that conversation. Oh, he finds the wheelchair uh, mm-hmm. in her closet, you know. Um, and essentially, you know, she's just like, this is what I have to do to get better and stay better. 
Um, and he says he doesn't think he's ever going to be better. And then the two have a bit of an embrace and they share a kiss, which I got to be and, honest. Yeah, I was about to say, we have arrived at my gripe. We have arrived <laughs> at my my uh, All right. soapbox. Man, they've done so much good stuff with Barbara. Mm-hmm. They've made her so strong. She's accomplished so much. Why does every author feel like they have to make her... She's like the Bat Family's salt shaker. She just gets passed around from yep. person to person. She was with Nightwing. Yep. She's, and she, she if you with, watch the Killing Joke animated version, she's been with Batman. She's been yep. with Batman, and now here she is, you know, she's kissing on Red Hood. That's the only thing that it makes me so mad. Why do it? She's been with Tim Drake she's before, too. She's been with Tim, yep. too. She's, I'm telling you, she's the family salt shaker. Yep. She just gets passed around, and it's it's practically incest in a way. They're not <laughs> like... <laughs> she's she's such a strong character that that's the one thing about this that made me mad. I'm like, why couldn't she have just hugged him and say, "Hey, I'm here for you." Right, why did they right. have to go the 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 route of making there be some kind of romantic tension? Like, I've loved this issue. That that choice really rubbed me the wrong way. Yep. And and I agree because the first thing I thought of was like, oh man, another one. You know, like I don't. <clears throat> Like, I don't mind her having a romance with one of them, not all of them, you know? And honestly, the uh, Killing Joke animated series, her picking the romance with Batman, I was actually more okay with that one than really any of them. Uh, Now, granted, there's a big age gap there, but there's just something, again, about the character that I like. I like her, so I'm like, if you're going to have one, and if your choice is to have it so she can be elevated, I guess, to where she matters more to Batman. I could do without it. Well, I could do without with any of them. If, yeah. I mean, it really is. rename her Horacle. <laughs> Which isn't fair uh, to her because, you know, like. Uh, I just, I don't like that choice. That's I, all. Well, again, I would prefer her not have a romance with any of them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, why would you? You know how complicated that would oh, be. Oh, it makes every yeah. Like, absolutely. Why? Why do that? So, but if you're gonna do it, you know, like one, not one every arc. She does at least to give her some <laughs> some redemption here. She does at least say, "Look," because he's like, I, "You know, I've never felt like anyone cared about me." She's yes. like, "Like, I'm sorry about that." But this was like, this was just a moment. This was not a invitation to. To right. more like she's like we need to get back on the case we need to do and and that's fair but you know how that is that usually that's how it starts yeah I it's just, like the oh wait you had the moment now next issue i'm expecting them to try to revisit that moment yeah and maybe maybe he is going to become the joker and then now she's going to be emotionally attached to him in a strong i don't know i, don't I know. hope that i don't see any of it coming i really hope that i don't see any of it coming but that I don't know. Just that was my gripe. I, I didn't like that. I could have done without that. Yep, I agree. Uh, and then we get to Batman in the Batcave, watching all of this Joker footage. He's got Joker files that say "missing clowns, missing criminals," leading you to believe that he's kind of been on this for a while, um, much more than the first issue let you in to believe. I do like the fact that his suit has changed. Now he's wearing the gray suit with the blue, mm-hmm. uh, the blue gauntlets. Yeah, I guess when he just hangs out in the Batcave, he wears gray and blue. When he's out on the case, he's wearing black and yellow. 
black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> I do. Th- it, it's interesting here too, because you know, like you said, he's been on the track of this. All of these abductions of clowns and criminals that have, you know just go missing. Most of them were probably in that pool. You know. Yep. So they've been they've been testing their approach on a lot of people for a long time now. And uh it's it's interesting. Well, I I do have a question for you. Yeah. So like uh on the panel where it's got the he's looking at the missing criminal folder, the missing clown folder. Uh he's got, you know, the criminal, the clown, and then it shows the comedian at the bottom. He looks at the globe. Mm-hmm. And then it zooms in on the globe and it shows Alaska. Mm-hmm. And it just says it's chilly out there. What do you what do you what do you think they're implying? What is what is in Batman a lore? What in the world could be in Alaska? I don't know, man. Uh it's a random thought. And I know it's to some degree it, it could just be a it could just be a lead-in to them talking about Joe Chill, but I don't yeah, think it is. It's I think it's too something. specific. Here we go. End of the book. Uh, we got Batman looking at Alaska for whatever reason. Uh, and then you have, you know, spoilers, uh, one of the Jokers who has now captured Joe Chill. And he has a camera, and he says it's finally time. Excuse me, the time. It's time. Finally, geez, I wanted to, to say something different than it really did. <laughs> to, it's time to finally, to finally confess, Mister Chill. Man, and just for the record, it's never a good thing to to be on the receiving end of the Joker's camera. Oh, I know. I, yeah, especially again, call back to Killing Joke. Well, and and I, this was one of the cool moments in the Dark Knight. Whenever he filmed that, the, yep. the guys, you know, that's it's that's a that's a classic Joker move. Heck yeah. Uh, but he says, why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne? Uh, and that's how the book ends. So, No idea where they're heading. <laughs> none at all because... And no idea how they're going to wrap this up. In my mind, it was each book was going to focus on a different one of the three, Batman, Batgirl, Red Hood. Which I, I'm glad that, you know, that they've done something I didn't expect with this. There's one thing that I'm... That, that I want to go back to, okay, and, and I and I missed it when we were at it. Go back to the flashback scene of the parents dying. Yeah, we got bogged down on that and missed a really important moment. We don't have page numbers. So yeah, no. Go back to right. it was the you... black and white stuff. Yep. When Batman approaches the cell before he knows that the cell is empty these these last three oh yeah i didn't mean that all right he says you know who and then he stops and kind of has a yeah you know who i am and then the words get bold implicating that it's more stern yeah like his voice cracked he was scared he was nervous Yeah. yeah facing joe chill is the only thing that i think i've ever seen put batman in a moment where he has to <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> let me I'm, let me try that. I'm back in my bad voice again. <laughs> you know who I am. <laughs> like it's it's cool to see him yeah, off of yeah. his guard. And I meant to I meant to comment on that earlier, but and what's funny is when I read that I was like, ah, he choked up a little bit there. But yeah, I got so sidetracked on the retelling of the story. But again, that's Batman's trauma. Yeah, and it shows that it yep. still has a really strong hold on him. Heck yeah, that just standing outside of that cell. 
And, and you're looking at a man who has fought Every, Killer Croc yes, and, and Scarecrow yes. and, and all these, the Bane. And, yep. and little old Joe Chill is the one that makes his voice. Right, bad. who looks like a cancer patient. Yeah, that's the one that, yeah. that he he's struggles to face that was that was a cool moment that i i definitely wanted to pay yeah. uh some attention to which again it just goes to show the the care you know that these two guys have put into this book yeah, you it's, know? it's, it's like, a great book even going from just like the little scratchy you know bub- word bubble to the more bold stern like the, do you, you know, know who i am yeah. <laughs> or where going, are the drugs go where is he <laughs> where are we? Oh my gosh! Anytime we, college humor, Batman. Gosh, dude, is. that is some funny stuff. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Governor. Where are the drugs going? <laughs> I went and rewatched that one recently. I can't remember if I did that after we talked or what. But gosh, those right there, just that's some funny stuff. But all right, so predictions on the third issue, huh? Not just where the book will end, but what do you think is going to spot? There's no way this is one and done. I can't help but feel like one of those three characters, whether it's the Joker, I mean, uh, uh, Red Hood, uh, you can see where my head's at. He's going to be the Joker. Um, uh, Batgirl or Batman, some, there's another, something's going to spring out of this. There's got to be, you don't have something this highly anticipated. And I mean, I guess you could, but. There'd be no point if you if it's it not going to have lasting right. repercussions. And again, that does bring me back to like what I said earlier at the beginning. I'm I'm concerned because the story didn't progress very far. Not much happened. All that really happened was you know, Red Hood got the crap beat out of him and kissed Barbara, and that's it. Yeah. Um. I don't want him to be the next Joker. It would be interesting if Barbara was. Whoa. <laughs> Especially because of how much they're talking her up about having her crap together. It would be very interesting if that was the twist. Um, I don't think they would do that, but it, that would that would make for some interesting things. I do think at the end of it, we're only going to have one Joker. I think we'll, I think by the time this ends, there will only be one. I think the older Joker, like the criminal Joker, will end up not surviving it. So Killing Joke, Joker walks away. Yeah. Hmm. I think Killing Joke, Joker will walk away, and I think that one, some character in this story, and it's got to be, like you said, it's got to be one yeah. of the three. Yeah. That... And they're <clears throat> not going to turn Batman into Joker. They just, they already did that. They, they just did that. So it's either going to be Jason or Barbara. Well, I think Barbara would be a heck of a turn. It'd be ballsy. It would be something. Um, you know, and what's kind of unfortunate is we also have the Joker war going on right now. So it's kind of like this could or could not fall into continuity. And see, and, and you know, we talked, we discussed that a little bit. The first issue, like whether or not we can consider this to be canon to the whole story, because this is definitely in a vacuum and not in any way whatsoever right. tied in with Joker war. Correct. Like in no way, shape, or form does this happening at the same yeah, time. Yeah, because Batman's completely kicked out of Gotham and out of power. Lucia's Jokerized right now. Mm-hmm. Freaking uh, Nightwing is Rick Grayson, Rich Grayson. Uh, Batgirl. Rich Grayson? <laughs> R- 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 yeah, he's one of the Graysons. <laughs> Who's on first? Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> What's on second? I don't know who's on third. <laughs> you got uh, Batgirl who's got a uh, electronic device in her back that's helping her walk, not that she actually overcame. So this would have to spin into something different. Yeah, it's almost got to, which if they take this into an alternate timeline and do like they've done with White Knight, which Black Label lets them do yep, that. Yep. If this is sort of like an else world's thing that draws from existing continuity but takes it in a new direction, we could see a sequel yes. with this Ooh, new joke. Man. And maybe that's why it's only three issues. Maybe their plan is let's see how this goes. Let's dump something really crazy in them, you know, at the end and see how people respond to it. And then if they like it, we'll give them more of the same. Oh, that would be so good. If that's the case, then I'm all for Barbara Gordon Joker. Yeah, I think that would be insane. I, I mean, I'd be cool with Red Hood Joker, too. I think it would be less cool. We've seen it, or, or almost seen it. I mean, unless he was... My thoughts were that there's another Joker. Like, that the criminal, the comedian... And the uh, clown are the three henchmen that the real Joker is still in the background and kind of orchestrating things. So that in reality, there's not three Jokers. There's been four. And the main Joker is creating Jokers and allowing them to kind of play on the bigger kind of, I guess, story arcs that he's been a part of. Because... Uh, and my, I thought, you know, especially with one getting killed in the beginning, it was going to be kill a Joker, tell a story, kill a Joker. In the end, tell a story, kill a Joker. And set up a new one. Set up, oh, wait, these three weren't the real Joker at all. It's been this guy. Um, There's a lot of directions they can yeah. take. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool that we're... You know, only got one issue left, and we don't have a clue, a clue. <laughs> where it's going. I, I feel like I know less now than I did, <laughs> I did at, the beginning, at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. So you know, it's it's definitely an exciting setup. I, I'm not sure when the next issue comes out. I hadn't checked the release date for it. I think it, we but, got uh, three weeks. See, this all this one came out what a week a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, we were like, oh, yes, yeah, so we have two weeks until the next one comes. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited uh, to see where it goes, um, but as far as being able to predict. I, that's what I would like to see. Yeah, that's all I can. That's all I can say. I don't. I don't have a clue where they're going with yep, it. Yeah, me either. I'm excited though. It's uh, overall, I'll, I think it's an outstanding book. I think that the series has been great, and even if we just got more of the same for the last issue, I think it would still be some of the best stuff I've read. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's really um, good stuff. So, and then uh, I would, I'll definitely get a hardcover of this to put on my shelf beside my Killing Joke. Oh heck yeah! Because oh, uh, yeah. I th- actually might go read them like once this is done i might kind of read them back to back it's kind of kind of just it feels so good it feels like this is the progression of the killing joke um so i'm digging it so josh man thanks for coming over actually yeah being able to do this in person has been much more exciting way cooler it's been been lots of something that'll happen every time but you know it just the stars align for this this time it's been cool um and definitely a lot of little sidebars it was nice to talk you know i'm saying shop with somebody who actually has a passion and cares for this stuff too so i look forward to us you know knocking out the last episode or last issue last issue and then we've got some other stuff planned. You, we, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to do some uh, Fatal Attraction, so yeah. some 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 X Men stuff. Um, 
I want us to cover witches. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I don't know if you have you ever read witches. I've read part of it. I hadn't read the whole series. Okay, but I've read part of it. I've got I've got um, the graphic novel and I've got the digital copies of it. So if you need me to lend you any of it, I would be happy to. That's another horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outside of the DC stuff, but I think it's just really right in that pocket of of our interest. Um, and then uh, you know, who knows? We'll cover. Uh, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. We yeah, talked about that. Yeah, so that'll be. I think that should probably be the next one we do after this was done. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then who knows where it goes, man? Like I've enjoyed yeah, yeah. talking shop with you. So yes, yeah, so, and I, real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Legends Comics in Florence. Uh, that was my childhood. Like growing up, that yeah. was my comic shop, and uh, they do a Florence comic convention and all that. They shared the last episode we did on their website. Oh, really? On Facebook, that's awesome. and uh, uh, probably going to share this one too. So oh, that's very cool. Uh, shout out to them and then of course coastal comics uh drew uh he's gonna share the episode as well on the facebook page so hopefully get some more yeah absolutely out there and And, um while we're shouting out comic shops i want to shout out to uh, scratch and spin eric that runs that one oh yeah that's a cool story dude he's such a great guy and we were talking um death metal the other day and uh and we have a lot of similar interests in music too uh, but we were talking, you know, Three Jokers and Death Metal and stuff, and he's actually, uh, our shop, I guess, didn't get it a lot of the, the trading card that came with it. Uh, and he said his brother owns a shop in Somerville. He's going to get me some of the trading cards that came with the nice. books or whatever. So, nice. um, yeah, I love going into a comic shop, even if it's just for a few minutes a week, and just talking with the guys that run them and just like, you know, that's uh, definitely one of my favorite pastimes, man. I just, just remember as a kid, like, and and you know you know what I'm talking about. They used to have comic stands. Yep. And like the gas station would have a stand. There was a stand in Walmart. The grocery but, stores had. Yeah, them. grocery yeah. stores had them. But then I just remember going to the comic book store, and there was a smell. Yep. <laughs> You'll have old comics <laughs> and just long box diving for an hour. I'm trying to emulate that smell in this room. <laughs> I've got long boxes everywhere, short like boxes over there. Dimly lit. Yep. You know, it's a place that should have been creepy, but man, it was just like yep. Mecca. <laughs> yep. You I'll, know. It's crazy. I'll go into my shop and I'll, I'll look. It's like, man, I don't, I'll, I'm looking for a certain book. And this dude will just like, oh, it's over here. And he just, he just knows where everything's at, man. It's just, it's a good feeling to go in there. Um, you know, and I don't know. I just I, I, I love uh, going into the local comic shop. So if you're listening to this show, I highly suggest find a shop. Yeah, support your local shop, yeah. man. It, and most of these guys or, or girls, whoever that run these stores, man, they love comics. Absolutely, they do it because they love it. And you know, it, we we live in this really special time where because because I know when you and I were young, it was a geeky. Yeah, hobbies absolutely. like this absolutely were the type of things that people thought were man, look, freaking nerds, what a nerd man. But now that the movies are out and the games are out, this is mainstream. Yeah, comic culture is huge, and you know it, it gets on my nerves a little bit when people are like, "Yeah, I love the Avengers, man. I love Batman," but they've never read a comic in yep. their life. Yep. And you know they're like, "Man, the stories, blah blah blah." I'm like, "Yeah, but in the comics, like, who cares? It's in the comics." I'm like. This movie you like wouldn't exist <laughs> Absolutely. If, if you know if Stanley hadn't created yep. this character yep. forty years ago. Show yep. some respect. And like I love like with my my students, uh, you know, in my classroom, they they're always like, man, draw me draw Black Panther. Or, I draw so many Spider Man and Hulk and yep. Batman yep. throughout the week. But I'm like, here, borrow a comic, <laughs> read an actual comic book yep. because like 
that's that's why I started drawing. Like I learned to draw from comics. Same, dude. You know, like I, the whole reason I'm an artist and an art teacher and a writer right now, all of it's because of comics. Like I can trace all of it back to that local comic shop. And like if you're a parent and you're listening, get your kids some comics. Dude. Like yeah, dude. my nieces and nephews. Man, they're getting comics. <laughs> yeah, oh, like dude. whether they want them or not, they're getting comics. So like these are from the Batman Day. Uh, draw your Batmans. My daughter has her own little box of comics right here, and then in her room, she has. There's this little uh, series we found just one day at the um, at Scratch and Spin. She goes in there with me. I'm grabbing my pull list for the week, and she sees a little comic on the side of the, the shelf. It says Toyetica. And I do a quick Google search. I'm like, oh, this seems kid-friendly. We'll buy an issue, see what happens. And then every issue that came out, she came with me. And, you know, we started our adventure together. You know, her pulling her own little comic. Right, right. She got her own little pull list. Yep. We've, uh, we've, been, we've done some My Little Pony that way. We've done some, uh, some Teen Titans Go. Uh, and it's exciting, man, taking my kids in there. And- well, and the cool thing is, you know, and like my niece loves Frozen. And she yep. loves My Little Pony and stuff. So- those comics are there. Yep. And like I've got some, you know, we got some girls uh, that are like surrogate kids to us. We love them. They they come to the house and stuff and spend the night sometimes. And like I bought, I bought one of one of the girls like all three of the hardback of the Incredible Squirrel Girl. There you go. You know, there's there's a lot of comics that are kid friendly, girl friendly. You know, it's just a good thing to get kids into. Yep. It's Absolutely. It, it was a bright part of my life growing up still a bright part of my Heck life yeah. and man it's something that this, the next generation needs to enjoy too absolutely so awesome well yeah so josh thanks again for coming man thanks again for making the trip all the way across oh, yeah. town and let's and let's do this again um yeah if you listen to the show leave some reviews uh share it i mean like i said if you're listening to um itunes stitcher google play i mean we're everywhere it's on spotify uh find a way to favorite it find a way to like it and itunes reviews is the best way for this show to become more visible so even if your predominant place of listening to the podcast is not on uh, itunes i highly recommend you going on there uh to itunes and leaving us a little review we love the feedback we'll read it on the show and it helps us get in front of a bigger audience so and you know the other thing too let us know what you want us to cover like if there's just a is there's a little mini series or a story art that you want to hear you know unpacked let us know we'll we'll snatch it up and talk about it yep so all right that being said we'll catch you guys next time thank you so much for checking out this episode of the loot roast podcast for staying and hanging out and listening uh, to us talk about the three jokers Right now, I'm going to play uh, a very special um, song at the very end of this episode. This is our newest release. uh, It's titled Furious. Um, This song was originally written uh, by some of the Ninja Loot guys. They had started like a little spinoff band uh, called Surrender the Ghost. It has now been uh, re-EQ'd, remastered a little bit, if you will, and folded into the Ninja Loot lineup of new old songs. And will be re-recorded and uh, re-released on the album coming in 2021. So this song is called Furious. And we are super excited about it. And we want to know what you think. <laughs>